How many of you have played Candyland? How many of you have played Candyland? Candyland? Hopefully everybody, you know, with four boys in the household, of course, we have Candyland. I think the, I think the makers of Candyland, whoever, you know, Hasbro or Milton Bradley, whoever makes Candyland, I, I think as the new generation takes over that company, they keep Candyland in, in production to send the next generation of parents through the living, you know what, that is playing Candyland, right? Because... Um, that Candyland, you know, the, the, the phrase, you know, play the cards you're dealt, I mean, that is literally what Candyland is. There's no skill involved. You just play the hand that you're dealt. And, and, and it, it could be a little purgatory-like because you get up to the end and then what happens? You draw the gingerbread card, right? And you fall back all the way to the beginning. And you just like, it, yeah, it just like, it just, Thursday... Uh, I, I finished lunch and I was going back into the home office to, 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 to do work. And uh, Nicole was at work, so I was, Isaiah was like, you want to play a game with me? And you know, wisely I said, yes, I'll play a game with you. And unwisely I said, pick the game and bring it in the office, we'll play in the office. And what did he pick? Candyland, right? Candyland. I get up to the end and fall the way back. He gets to the last square and I think, we're both going to win because he's going to win and I'm going to get to stop playing. <laughs> and he gets like the gumball or whatever and he drops back to the end. And finally, finally somebody wins, right? But <clears throat> maybe you feel like sometimes life is like that. You get ahead and then you draw the gingerbread card. Or you're at the beginning and you draw the ice cream card. You're like, yay, I'm going to win. And then you draw the gingerbread card next. Or, and then sometimes maybe you feel like life is like making up cards to give you. <laughs> and you're just like, where'd this card come from? Like, this isn't even on the game board. Like, what, what are you doing with me here? And maybe you think, whoa, like you're going a little fatalistic here on us, right? Well, yes and no, because sometimes it's American, maybe it's an American problem, maybe it's a human problem, maybe it's a combination of both. We think we can control life. We have all these phrases, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Um, um, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. We've got all these phrases to tell us that we are in control of our own destiny. But then yet, you know, a couple of weeks ago, even in a small group, we're, saying, we're, we're talking about how, you know, sometimes the most fit of people, they die at 35. You're like, wow, this is getting dark fast like we're just in the intro here folks so you know buckle in yeah <laughs> right like oh, this is going to be joyful this psalm psalm 31 um david writes in a time of his life that he is low he is low i think he's the lowest of low at this point and I, I've told some of you this morning, like, I feel like going through this, I'm ready for this series to be over. Like, I, I really am, because this has been an emotional roller coaster for me, because I feel like I have worn each of the Psalms that I've preached through. Like, worn it as a jacket, or maybe even as a straight jacket. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know, Kathleen, like, she knew where I said it. Like, <laughs> you know, the joyful Psalms, you're like, yay, and then with the low psalms you're going ah life but even nick and i were just 
discussing before, the, right before the sermon of like, you've got to live the life to teach it, or you're the best teacher when you've actually lived the life, right? And so we're going to take a look at this psalm and, and, and what David is experiencing. But even at that, the first verse that we're going to go to is going to be very, very familiar. And it, this verse is quoted in a time of another person's life that it was at its lowest as well. Psalm 31, verse 5. Into your hand I commit my spirit. And so if you've been around church at all, you recognize this as some of the last words Jesus breathed. And if you haven't been around church, you don't know where this is found, that's fine. This is some of the last words Jesus uttered on the cross. And in my perspective of this verse, or of, of, of this phrase, quite often, um, really, you think of it as when Jesus is uttering these words as a relief. This is over, right? This is finished, and it is finished is the, are the very next words that he says. But as, 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 as I studied this psalm this week, and I believe that he was uttering these words not as a relief. He was uttering these words as a way to express himself as quoting the entire psalm by just quoting this one phrase. And Jesus is saying, into your hands I commit my spirit. I am in my darkest hour. I am in my, at my lowest point. I am about ready to breathe my last. But yet, into your hands I commit my spirit. But at the same time, it doesn't end at just, I am right now in darkness. I am right now in my low point. David writes on later, Psalm 31, 8. Actually, 9. Sorry, start in verse 9. Be gracious to me, Lord, because I am in distress. My eyes are worn out from angry sorrow. My whole being as well. I mean, that's about as real as it gets, right? My eyes are puffy. My eyes are worn out. Not because of just sorrow, right? Angry sorrow. David is sad and he's angry. But he also says my whole being as well. Not just my eyes are worn out, but my body and my soul. They're all worn out over this angry sorrow. David's not just at a low point, but when he looks out forward into life, he doesn't see it getting any better. In fact, I believe that he sees it getting worse. Indeed, my life is consumed with grief and my years with groaning. My strength has failed because of my sinfulness and my bones waste away. I'm going to pause there and talk about the sinfulness part. This is not a psalm of restoration. This is not a psalm like Psalm 51 is a psalm of restoration where he is crying out for forgiveness over his sin. And so this is not a psalm of restoration. So sinfulness seems a little bit of a, of a 90 degree angle or maybe even a 180 uh, degree turn around of what he's really talking about. So some people think that, 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 that really what he's meaning instead of sinfulness is affliction, which is legit because that's what he's talking about throughout the entire psalm. 
is affliction and the affliction that he is experiencing. But also, if he does mean sinfulness here, here's where I think he is heading. When we are at our lowest point, it is so easy to medicate, right? So easy to medicate. And I don't mean medication as in medication, right? I mean medication as in soothing the darkness with something that is not God so that we can just soothe the darkness and medicate ourselves through the darkness. Now, this could look like drugs, alcohol. Medicate through drunkenness. This could be medicate through sex, medicate through relationships, medicate through working harder and pushing through the darkness. I am just not going to think about this. I'm just going to work harder in order so that I can get through the darkness. What ends up happening? Well, if we choose to medicate in this way, it doesn't make us stronger, right? My strength has failed because of my sinfulness and my bones waste away. I have tried to medicate myself through this darkness. I have tried to medicate myself through this angry sorrow. But, but, but instead of giving me any relief, my strength has failed even more. And it's put me into a lower spot. Like I mentioned a few weeks ago, you know, dri- driving by the dive bar just down here at, late at night, coming back from refereeing, and this is my prayer for them. Lord, show them. Guys, a couple of weeks ago in, 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 in the Springfield Newsletter, leader, there's, a, there's an article about how, how we, the opiate addiction is just going through the roof. Because people are feeling in distress and despair. And they have this map of Missouri and in and, 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 and each county and, and how much more over, I don't know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago or whatever, that, that the people are feeling in despair and that, 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 that people are medicating themselves out of this despair or trying to and how it's impacting the Ozarks in a greater sense than anywhere else in Missouri. Look, we live in suburbia America where we hide this stuff, right? I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know if you'd say here this morning that you'd say, I'm going through darkness and I'm trying to medicate myself through it. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Verse 10, indeed my life is consumed with grief and my years with groaning. Uh, I'm sorry, that's what we just read. Verse 11, I am ridiculed by all my, all my adversaries and even by my neighbors. <laughs> my adversaries are ridiculing me. My neighbors are really ridiculing me. I'm dreaded by my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street run from me. Everybody's selling my stock, right? Like, <laughs> buy, you know, buy high, sell low. You know, everybody bought high when David defeated Goliath, Right? But now they're selling. Sell, sell, sell. And I see it. I know it. People are running from me. I am forgotten, gone from memory like a dead person, like broken pottery. When you break a vase, 
Unless you're a kid breaking your mom's vase and you're trying to glue it back together, what do you do? You throw it out, right? And David's going, I feel that. That's how I feel. I feel like broken pottery that people are just, br- just throwing out with the trash. I have heard the gossip of many. Terror is on every side. When they conspired against me, they plotted to take my life. David's going, I'm living in darkness right now. And when I look out, I see it getting darker. And I believe that Jesus, when he uttered, unto, uh, I commit my spirit into your hands, Lord. I believe when he uttered that phrase, he was, he was uttering this entire psalm. And this section of the psalm really is, is part of why I believe this. Because, because doesn't this sound like Jesus? Wait a minute, what about that sinful part? He, wasn't, he, was, he, was, he, was, he never sinned. Yeah, well, except for the fact that on the cross, He wore our sins. All of our sins, all of human sin, past, present, and future, was on His shoulders. So, yeah. He felt it. He felt what it was like. I mean, imagine this. Like I said, I've always seen that phrase as an utterance of relief. Imagine Jesus on the cross. I mean, imagine this. All he had known for all eternity was perfect relationship with the Father. He was sitting on his throne next to the Father. And if he wanted to talk to the Father, he looked over and he talked to the Father. And then he came down to earth because that was the Father's plan in order to save people from sin. But he still experienced perfect relationship with the Father. It was a little more difficult, but he still experienced perfect relationship with the Father while on this earth. And he went through this life perfect, doing everything that the Father told him to do. And he's on the cross. And at the moment that the sin of the entire world, past, present, and future, landed on his shoulders, he for the first time experienced being cut off from the Father. No relationship from the Father. Nothing. He didn't know his father's love at that point. His father, his heavenly father, turned his back on his son because of our sin. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then, and then he's about ready to die. Remember, Jesus is fully God, but he's fully human. And this is the most human moment of his life. He's dying. He is breathing his last breaths. And he knows his father has his back turned to him. And he's guaranteed that he would resurrect in three days. I don't know. I'm filling in some in between some of the lines, but 
Jesus is fully human. Did he have doubt? He's at his lowest point, and all he looks forward, all he sees when he looks forward is death and darkness. He's been telling everybody, I'm going to resurrect, I'm going to resurrect, I'm going to resurrect, and he's on the cross dying. Will I resurrect? Will this end the way that I, that, that, that I said it would end? My father has turned his back on me right now. Everybody's ridiculing me. Everybody's expecting me to save myself right now to be the king of the Jews. And perhaps, perhaps Satan too is in his ear. Hey, you know when this all started... I promised you, I'd give you all the kingdoms of the world if you just bowed to me. But no, you wouldn't bow to me. You decided to trust your father, didn't you? Look where that's gotten you. You're about ready to die. Such a shame. Hmm. You know... Just use your last breath to utter your allegiance to me. We'll sort out all the kingdoms part when we get you off this cross. But use your last breath. Jesus painfully inhaled. He said, into your hands, my Father, I commit my spirit. I'm at my lowest point. I'm going to die next. And I don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. When I'll resurrect, how I'll resurrect, all I know is I'm headed into death. But into your hands, I still commit my spirit. Guys, there's no three good ideas, five points, ten tips, nothing. There's only a commitment. Into your hands I commit my spirit. That's it. Deciding I will commit my spirit because I may be walking into darkness with God, but that is better than walking out of darkness without Him. And if I walk into darkness with God, He is the King of resurrections. And it may get worse as I follow Him into this darkness. But one thing that is guaranteed is that He will resurrect you outside of the darkness. David swings back around to the trust. Psalm 31, 14, But I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. The course of my life is in your power. The seasons of my life, whether they're the high point seasons or the low point seasons, they are all in your power. Deliver me from the power of my enemies and from my persecutors. Show your favor to your servant. Save me by your faithful love.
I'm walking straight into the darkness, but I know as I walk straight into the darkness, your faithful love will be there. God is always light in the darkness. As we've said a couple of weeks ago, that the flicker of light may not be that bright right now, but God is always light. He is always there. He is always with you in the darkness. The darkness, the difficulty is always there so that we can learn to hear and follow him better, to learn to commit my spirit into his hands when it's the darkest, so that when we experience resurrection, when we experience abundance, that decision has already been made. I've committed to you. David starts with trust, fills in with some crap, and then ends with trust. It's life sometimes, right? It's life sometimes. But remember, a trust sandwich. Your hands, into your hands, I commit my spirit. I trust you. All of the seasons of life, all of them, I trust you, even though there might be crap in between. That's life. Sometimes that's life. See, when everybody else looks at us and goes, well, you know what? You're just weak. You're just weak. You don't know how to pull yourself up. You just don't know how to be strong. You just don't know how to, how to do all this thing called life. Here's how God views you. Psalm 31, 24. This is how David ends. Be strong and courageous all you who put your hope in the Lord. Hope is simply saying, my future is better with you than without you. Even if I walk through darkness, it's better with you than without you. That's hope. If we put a microphone in your mouth and said, when was Jesus' strongest moment? You might say, oh, when he turned over the tables in the temple, right? That might be his strongest moment. Or when he, when he, when he fed 5,000, that was his strongest moment. On the cross, when everybody called him weak and he cried out into your hands, I commit my spirit, even though I'm at my lowest point and what I see is even lower than my lowest point. I will say into my, your hands, I commit my spirit. That's when Jesus was the strongest. So when the world is saying you're weak, but you still decide into your hands, I commit my spirit. That's when you're at your strongest and most courageous. Because you're not giving up on God's strength and his love and his ability to take you through the darkness so that you can experience resurrection on the other side. I've worn these psalms. This has been a difficult week. So I've felt this. Being in darkness and yet looking out and going, I don't know how to make this better. I don't. I don't. Into your hands, I commit my spirit. Well, what does that look like in everyday life? I don't know. What it means is, is that we make a commitment. 
that we are pursuing surrender. And saying, you know what, God, you'll get me through this. It may get worse before it gets better, but you will get me through this. Into your hands, I commit my spirit. And I trust that you will bring resurrection. That's the promise. That's the hope. In the middle of darkness. Phil, I don't know if you plan this to this level, but even the opening song, the secular opening song, whatever tomorrow brings, I'll be there with open arms. That's a love song. It's a love song of your God to you. Whatever tomorrow brings, I'll be there with open arms. He's there. If you need to pray, I'll be over here. Shelly's in the back. She's willing to pray with you. Grab somebody else. We want to walk with you through your darkness. We're hiding the darkness in order to have the suburban gloss over us. And it's so tempting when darkness comes to walk away from people. Don't. Don't. Walk right into the middle of them and go, time is dark. Will you pray? Will you walk? And the church is about walking through people, walking through darkness with people on behalf of God. We're here to pray with you. Whatever or why ever your darkness is there. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you that your scripture is real with us and all the psalms and the nuances and the highs and the lows and they're back to back. They're even the same psalm. Lord, um, help us. Allow us to recognize that we just simply commit to you. Lord, um, we don't know what that looks like day to day. It looks different for every person. That we wake up in the darkness and we seek after you and when we go to bed at night or before we go to bed at night, we don't medicate ourselves to glean or gloss over the darkness or make it go away and that we don't just put this veneer over ourselves to say everything's fine but we're medicating ourselves to make it go away we can't experience your love and your grace and your strength when we do that break us move us allow us to find your resurrection but also allow us to walk straight through the valley of the shadow of death with you 
Thank you. We love you. It's your name we pray. Amen. Stand and worship the God who experienced all of this. Experience the darkness so that you know he will walk through the darkness with you. Thank you for joining us on demand, either through Facebook Live or through podcast. Um, if you join us through Facebook Live, just know you can go back and listen to any sermon on podcast. If you're listening through podcast, know you can join us on Facebook Live during the 10 o'clock hour. Um, we have this upcoming series called Giver. See, we all need eternal life. Maybe you say, what are you talking about? I, I have life. I breathe. I live, I go to work, I go to school, whatever. Yeah, we have that kind of life, but there's a life that is inside of us that is utterly different, and we need a brand new one. And Jesus is the giver of this eternal life. Starting February 11th, we're going to have this series called Giver on why Jesus can claim he gives eternal life, who Jesus is to even be able to give eternal life, and why we need to believe in Jesus for this eternal life. Join us live or on demand starting February 11th so that we can find this giver who gives eternal life.